Wine with Wit and Kels. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. Good? Yeah. What's new? Oh, it's summer. Yes. Summer's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am loving it. Like, yeah. um, our kids got out Thursday afternoon pretty early. Uh, Carter ditched the last day of school it's like yearbook signing so he went fishing for 14 hours oh wow (laughs) came home with like the best sunburn even though they put sunscreen on the whole time you know sitting on a kayak for 14 hours will definitely give you some sun so I feel like we've had like a four-day weekend and you just don't know what day it is like all day yesterday we all thought it was Sunday because AG doesn't work Fridays and Anyway, I we woke up today and I was like, oh, today's Sunday. We're recording this on a Sunday. And I, anyway, it just feels like yeah. a never ending weekend. Yes. So it'll be weird to wake up tomorrow and be like, I don't have to wake up. Oh, I do actually. I was going to say I have to wake up and get the kids off to school. But Carter has to get up to be to the school by six for um, weight training. So never mind. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, yes, this is the beginning of summer. Like where we don't know what day it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is know. like so good. But I also like we thrive on a schedule and routine and consistency. And so, you know, the good and the bad of it. Yes. Do you do um, like chore lists and all that for you? Yeah, we usually I usually will have two or three chores per day for them to do, like just things we need to get done or whatever their chore that day kind of is. Just because if I don't, then it's just chaos. You know, the kids eat all day. There's no like breakfast lunch dinner they do that here too it's like constant snacking and rummaging so i'm like if we don't stay on top of that i just get mad we're gonna get out of house and home right yeah so which we already are how how and groceries have doubled gas has doubled it's an expensive world we live in what is this nonsense (laughs) but yeah like we've gone camping kayaking i don't know we're off to a good start what about you guys yeah same like we me and the kids went and visited my cousin this past week in Vegas and it was so warm there. Yeah. And I put sunscreen, speaking of sunscreen, I like loaded my kids up with sunscreen. Yeah. And we all fried. Yeah. I mean, it's like the first sun of the year that just always gets you. Yeah. But it yeah. was fun. It was good to be there. It was good. like, that was like the perfect time to go to Vegas. Yeah. So it was good. It was fun. And it was just me and the kids. So I love hanging out with my kids like one-on-one uh-huh, like that. Totally. Just because you see like a different side of them. Yes. And so I was, when I got home, I was telling Brady some of the funny stuff that they said to me and yeah, we were just laughing. Like yeah. they're just a hoot. It's, you know? it's so fun. And as your kids get older, mm-hmm. that relationship and dynamic changes. And it's yeah. like, you're actually talking to a person yes. and not like a little child that yeah you know you can't really have a conversation with and it's so fun Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree because people I don't know they'd ask me stuff about Bane and Uh I'd say that was my thing I missed the most yeah is because he was an old soul yeah and we would just sit there and talk yeah because he was older like than he really was yeah so yeah I just I love that yeah I have this really weird almost realization I guess this week and I wonder if you feel it with Bane so I'm going to ask you Mm. I like Taisley's just permanently in my mind how she was mm-hmm. when she died, you know, and Skyly is almost exactly the same age mm-hmm. as she passed away now. And I look at Sky and just think, oh, she's so little or this or that or whatever. And then I see Taisley's friends either in person or in pictures, videos, and I'm just like, I haven't grown up at all. They're just the same age. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if when you see Bane's friends, if you're like, oh, they haven't grown or changed. Yeah. They're the same. Yep. And I, 
And then I look at pictures and I obviously can see a difference. Mm -hmm. But like when I'm at Walmart or walking in a store and past the girls' clothing section, I'm always like, oh, Taisley would be in this size. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, that's so big. But I don't know. It's just, I don't know how to put into words what I'm saying. But I feel like I'm stuck in this mode of how I remember her. And I remember her friends the same way. So when I see them, I like refuse to see their growth almost Mm -hmm. because I can't see my daughter. Yeah. Anyway, I I don't know what I'm saying, but does that even make sense to you? I, so when I do see like his friends, I'm like, oh, they look the exact same. Yes. And, but then when I see a person who's his age, uh-huh. I'm like, whoa. Right. So it's almost like I haven't like let his friends grow yet. But when I yes. see somebody that's actually the age he should be yes. right now, yeah. I'm like, that's a big kid. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. And I'm always like, oh, she would be your friend. You're the same agent, but you almost don't see them yeah. that way because they're so big. Yes. Yeah. It's a weird concept that I've been like, Whitney, you need to accept that these kids are growing up. I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But well, and Quint said to me the other day that I, I don't know if this is like a thought for you, but lately I've been thinking like, and I told my friend this it's starting to feel like a memory. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. Uh-huh. and me and Quincy, it was just recently like this past week. And she goes, sometimes I feel like Bane was just like a dream. And yes. I was like, ah, and I, yeah. you know, yeah. Anyways. And so that's hard. Cause yeah. we're four and a half years like in, right. You know, and I don't want it to feel that you don't way. want it to feel like a dream. Mm-hmm. And especially when you meet new friends or new people that didn't know Bane or mm-hmm. Tate, it's kind of like they didn't exist. Yeah. And so it does feel like a dream. Like I have this whole other life. Like you don't know. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. But so I got a real quick story. Yeah. I know we've been kay. cabbing for a minute, no, but I this was kind of cool. Okay. So, um, my sister-in-law moved here and we were hanging out at her house and she moved. Um, she's only a few houses down from our old house that okay. Bane lived in. Uh-huh. And, the little girls that live there now, they like ran up to me when I was there and they're like, we found this shoe. We found this shoe. And I was like, what? And they're like, we found it in the pond. And it was like a little like slide, yeah. you know, the slides. Yeah. And I have one, but I never knew where the other <gasps> one was. No. Yeah. And so they're like, is this Bane's shoe? And <sighs> I'm like, how is the kid been gone four and a half years, but he's still like leaving random crap. How places. Cool is that <laughs> so, though? Yeah. So it was kind of a cool little, you got a shoe. Yeah, like, hey, Oh, that just like warms my heart. Yeah. Well, the other day I have these videos of Taisley jumping on our couch. Mm -hmm. And the other day me and AJ are sitting on one side of the couch and Skyly was jumping on the couch and she goes, my sister's here. And me and AJ just looked at her like, why did you say? Uh Is that crazy? And that's all she said. And she, I mean, she always talks about Taisley, but she Uh just, she's never said she's here before. Yeah. Oh, I believe she was there. She's like, sitting there jumping on the chills. couch with her sister. Oh, I know. That's perfect. It was, it as was perfect great. as can be, I guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause we didn't even dare like ask her anything. Cause <laughs> we were just like, what, what? you know? Yeah. And I just, anyway, yeah. it was a cool moment and who That's knows, neat. who knows, but yeah. I loved it. So Aww. I love these little, yes. I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do they call those? I um, don't even know. Yeah. But it's awesome. So I hope they yeah, keep happening. I do too. So I love that you found a shoe. I you told me you were missing a shoe like yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a conversation about because we yeah. talked about like if we kept their stuff mm-hmm. and 
you talked about shoes. You're like, I'm still missing this one shoe. I remember that. Well, it's here now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that the pond? Yep. Oh man. Oh, those kids. Well, should we talk about today's episode? Let's do it. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone yes. about her? Okay. So we met this sweet girl and she wants to rename remain anonymous for this episode which we completely respect so we're gonna call her hannah and she came on and told us of all about um being diagnosed with bipolar and i feel like it's something that is so common yet not talked about Mm -hmm. you know we kind of talked about that stigma around it Mm -hmm. so it was good to hear her perspective and her experience with it and just kind of how she deals with it and you know Mm -hmm. what's important to know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listening to her side of every, or her, you know, parts of her story. She did really well. Um, there's a few trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. So we'll have that in the caption. Yeah. In the show notes, in the show notes. And so, yeah, just be prepared for those. Um, but she did awesome. So if you're looking to learn more about bipolar disease, yeah. um, give this episode a listen. Yep. Please do. And then come show her some love on our social media. Come say hi to us. Send us a message. All the things. We're going to be better about posting. And we love them. Like I (laughs) love getting your comments. I love when you guys comment and tell us kind of your thoughts about the episodes. Yeah. I know that the people love it too. And so um, we like it. So comment, send us a message. Yeah. I don't know. We love it. Yes. So yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, wherever you're listening, rate, review, follow us on social media. Let's be friends, guys. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> Today we have a guest with us who would like to remain, remain anonymous. Um, we're going to use the name Hannah. She comes today to talk to us about uh, bipolar disease. Is that, am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. And um, I'm excited to listen to her story and like have her raise awareness and all the things. So why don't you tell us where your story begins? Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, well, we're so happy you're here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, well, I grew up um, in a semi-large family. Mm-hmm. Um, I When I grew up, I didn't really know too much about mental illness. Um, in school, junior high, they talked a little bit about it, but not too much. High school was when I started, you know, um, noticing it more in my peers and my friends. When I was around the age eight through, I want to say 11, um, I had a close friend who talked to me more about pornography and how she, you know, watched it. I, at first, kind of didn't understand what she was talking about, um, and I just passed it through my mind and just said, oh, that's crazy. Let's go play Barbies. So I think the first time we watched pornography together, we were in her bedroom. She shared it with her older sister and her sister would go to her job and she'd be like, okay, my sister's not here. My parents are upstairs. Let's watch it. I'm like, okay. So we watched it on this old, old laptop. It was like blurry and like breaking down, but we were watching it. And then um, she started to touch me. 
I remember my thoughts were, you know, this is weird. You know, no one's ever done this to me. And she would always tell me when the abuse would happen, oh, I'm your girlfriend. We're girlfriends. This is this is normal. So I grew up in a way thinking that my really close friend touching me inappropriately as a kid was normal. Um, it would happen almost every single day. And I got to a point where I realized it was inappropriate and not well, and I was being forced to do it. I remember one day just crying and being like, can't we play, can't we play Shopkins? Can't we play Barbies, you know? And her just getting very frustrated with me and be like, no, you need to touch me. Um, it ended around when I was nine, 10. She actually moved out of state and I never saw her again. And that was a bit like a, a relief to me. I was like, okay, finally it's over. Um, I then had a um, close family member start um, the same sexual abuse again. And I just remember just completely shutting down and just almost going numb when it would happen and then being numb, going home and thinking about it, shutting off my emotions because I didn't want to have emotions and get overwhelmed or cry about it. I don't remember what led up to the abuse stopping. I do remember, though, saying this is wrong and this is not okay. And her her common response would be like, well, if you don't touch me, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to kill myself. So I automatically at that young age would feel horrible and guilty. And I would just be like, okay, you know. I don't remember the age it stopped, but I do know around when I started junior high, it started to slowly stop. Um, and when I started junior high, I... I started getting really bad nightmares in the middle of the night. I would wake up just screaming and crying. My mom would come check on me, and I just I just could not sleep. It started getting so bad. I would be 14 years old trying to crawl into my parents' bed because I was so afraid that, that my abusers would come back and hurt me. I didn't tell my parents at the time, and they were so confused about, like, okay, what's happening? Um, and I just could not get it out at all. Um And then around that age, I started, I had really hard times staying in different friend groups. I, it just kind of, as soon as I was getting older, different people would come and go. Um, In particular, there was this one friend group, they were all kind of going through the same trauma, but also not, you know, and how they would heal that trauma was smoking weed, doing pills, and, um, alcohol. I, I got to a point where I was like, guys, why are you, why are you guys all doing this? And they're like, oh, well, it's, it's the new thing nowadays. And I'm like, what? Isn't going to school and learning the new things these days? And they would just all look at me like, what, what is going on? And I remember my friends just being like, where she can't come at all and she can't hang out with us. And it kind of just, got upset for the rejection. And so I was like, okay, well, if I do these things, then don't want me to be my friends. Don't want to be my friends. Um, and so during this point, I, I would get flashbacks of my childhood and that I got into a depressive mode and I started acting out in a certain way. Um, the way I would act out is I had a job and I would go shopping almost every single day, trying to spend my money, trying to 
buy something that I thought I'd needed, but then never using it again. It was insane. Um, it was just crazy. And all my friends, the mall was super popular. So we would go shopping and I would love it so much. I would spend all my money when I should have been saving it. That was the first, not ne- not then I would notice it was bipolar, but now I'm thinking like, okay, that was an impulsive decision. That was a me being manic. So when I was around 15 years old, I had my group of friends still, and there was a girl that I really liked. Um, I confessed my feelings to her, and she instantly rejected me, and I was um, almost angry. I got very upset, and I just, like, yelled at her impulsively. And even when I did that to myself, I was like, that's not me. That's why would I do that? And so I just remember feeling so angry and hurt. And I would say hurtful things to my parents, to my friends. And every time I would do that, I'm like, that's not nice. In my head, that's not me. But in my head, it'd be like, no, that is you. You should be acting that way. And it was just crazy to hear myself talk when in my head, I'd be like, that's not even me. I would talk to my friends about it. And they're like, oh, I do that the same. I do that too. And so I thought it was completely normal. And I would just still do it. I would hurt people and just not care in a way. Um, and now I realize that was, that's a symptom of bipolar disease. Um, so when I, the same girl that I confessed my feelings to, she was heavily using drugs, um, smoking weed, doing pills. And I remember one day she was at my house, it was Christmas time and we were laying on the bed and she was clearly high from marijuana when she came to my house. And she started to touch my upper chest. And I just remember feeling like, oh, no, it's happening again. And I told her no. She ignored me and then continued to touch me. And I do remember a part where she tried to go under my pants and I pulled her hand out. And she was just so angry with me. And I just was like, okay, it's time for you to go home. So her dad picked her up. She went home and we didn't talk for three days. Then after that, she was like, how about you come over and we hang out? I said, okay. She had a basement. Her brother was playing. They had like a, um, area to play games and then their laundry room, bathroom, and then the two bedrooms where her bedroom was. Um, and we went into her room, which her room was like, it was always a mess. It was so bad. Just things everywhere and I just remember thinking like how how do you live like this why is this this bad and I was helping her clean it up and everything and she would tell me just so you know I don't like girls and I was like okay that's okay that's fine that's fine with me you know I was over my feelings with her I just kind of told myself just push them aside so I pushed them aside and we're laying on her bed um listening to music again and then she started to touch me again but this time I enjoyed it and then I went home afterwards she calls me and she's like just so you know I'm not a lesbian I regret everything we did and I immediately just hung up the phone I remember feeling so betrayed and so angry about that and then also connecting my childhood abuse and the when I was 15 abuse and I just I was just so angry about it that I connected that moment with my childhood trauma and it was not good. I started 
getting angry at my parents, my siblings for no reason, acting out. And just, it was just insane. It was totally insane. And that's when I knew something was a bit wrong. Um, I, the people I hung out with, when you talked about mental illness, they immediately shut it down and they did not want you to talk about it. So I grew up that way. So I didn't really, I knew something was wrong, but I'm like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna talk about it with everyone. So as I grew older, um, 17, 18, sorry, 16 through 17, that's when I started coming out a bit more out of the closet. Um, and um, I dated a girl um, in high school and her life was very different from me. Um, her parents were divorced and she would just get very irritated with me. Um, and we were together for a year and then I find a note in my locker and she's like, I can't deal with you anymore. Your emotions are so bad. You get angry all the time. And then you say, you don't want to talk about it when you clearly need someone to talk about it. And I like that same moment I felt betrayed and I was angry. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about my feelings to anyone. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. So the years went by and I got into a phase where I was talking to people online and wanting to meet up with them and doing impulsive things. Um, and it was just, it was just so crazy. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this is not me. This feels like I'm in a different body and someone's controlling it and it's not me because I'm like, I know I can be a nice person, but it's almost as if I don't want to be because of my past. Um, and I would just, it was just so crazy. Now that I think about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I could go back in time and be like, hey, this is not okay. This is not normal. You need to talk to someone about it. My therapist did um, diagnose me with depression. That was the only thing um, that he diagnosed me with, but I would not ever really talk to him about my true feelings. I wouldn't be like, well, I feel suicidal. I wouldn't be like, I want to hurt myself because I I just didn't want to be, um, I don't know, I was afraid I'd, they sent me to a mental hospital, but I still had that nobody wants you to talk about your feelings, nobody cares energy. And so through those years, my younger years, 14 through 15, I got through, I started self-harming, um, cutting, and it just drained me so much. I, I remember the pain I felt. I remember how after cutting the next day, I would feel groggy and just horrible. And my mind would be like, you should just end your life. Nobody cares. Um, I did attempt once and nobody even knew. Um, nobody even knew. I didn't go to the hospital. Nobody knew at all. Um, except for, um, the person I'm with now, I told them it just thinking how I could have almost lost my life now scares me a lot. Um, I was diagnosed at the age of 19 with bipolar. My doctor, I talked to him about how I was feeling and he says, it does sound like you have bipolar, the highest bipolar. I don't remember what there's like different numbers. I don't remember. Um, but the bipolar I have is where 
the manic is extreme and the depression is low. So when I have a manic episode, um, it's very common in bipolar. Everyone's different. I hate, there's does, such a stigma. Does manic mean like a high? Yes. Okay. Like a sense of euphoria. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, there's such a bad stigma of bipolar that every single person that's bipolar is the same. They're... Their addictions are the same. Their manic episodes are the same depression, which is totally not true. I have a good friend that has bipolar and we explain to each other a little bit. Oh, I feel this way. And I'm like, yeah, like I've never felt that way, but it's so crazy to hear different sides. So my manic high is, um, having sex and, um, mostly having sex and drinking. So this started when I was 17. I would act like I was 18 talking to 20-year-olds trying to meet up with them. Um, It was just, it was insane. I like would literally meet them in their cars and make out with them and then just go home. Um, And then I met my, my partner and I told them about that and they're like, whoa, that's that's not good. And I'd be like, Oh, it's fine. Everyone does it. And I told my doctor about my manic episodes and he's like, okay, so it sounds like you have bipolar. Let's get you on medication. So, um, the medications, there's two different, um, bipolar medications. Um, the one I am on right now is a little So there's different levels, different doses, sorry, different doses that you go on. So a week you're on 25, the next week you're on 50, and then the next week you're on 100. So it goes different levels. And the doctor checks in with you. Okay, how are you feeling on this level? How are you feeling this one? Um, When I first explained to my doctor how I was feeling, I was getting very angry because nobody was listening to me. I've like, nobody cared, nobody was listening. I told him I feel so distant from reality Some days I'm like, am I even real? Am I even alive in that sense? And he's like, okay, that's called disassociation. And I'd be like, I feel this way. And he's like, okay, this is, this is so-and-so. And And I'd be like, wow, you know, and I remember him distinctly telling me, we will get through this together. He's like, it's, I need you to stay with me. I need you to go through this journey with me because it is, it's going to be hell and it's going to be crazy. Um, I agreed with him. I was like, yes, of course. The first week I took my medication, I was off and on it. I would either forget or I'd be like, I don't need these. I'm fine. Um, and my partner would be like, Hey, did you take your medication? I'd be like, yes, I'm fine. I took, um, or I'd be like, no, and I'm fine. Um, when I would take, when I wouldn't take the pills, I would usually attack my partner, um, verbally, verbally and mentally. It was, I feel like when I am off my medication or when I'm off and on it, I'm a totally different person. I say the most worst things I've gotten. I attack them for things that have happened to them that they cannot control. Um, I've called them a bitch, a dick. It's just randomly just, it just comes out. And I, after I say it and I'm like, I should have said that. I love them to death. I should have said that all. But then I'm also like, well, I'm angry. Nobody cares about me. It's whatever. So 
Um, my partner would always trust me and they'd be like, I know you're not taking your medication or you're missing your doses and I can tell. And I would just get so upset and they'd be like, either you have an attitude or you're acting upset. I would get so angry, so frustrated and I would just completely shut off. I wouldn't talk. I would be like, "Ugh, whatever, you're being a bitch and go in the bedroom and shut the door and be angry for days. Um, and she would always go in the doctor's office with me and tell him, this is what happened this week. This is how she acted. And my doctor encouraged her to, you know, be like, okay, what do you notice and how she's feeling? So she would explain, okay, she's been, she's been getting more irritated. The slightest thing we tried to build a shoot like a chair and I just got so frustrated I said fuck this and I walked off um she's like I definitely think she should handle that better also she should be talking to her therapist more about how she feels and my partner's like I try to ask her how she feels and she just shuts down her manic episodes are crazy I one time literally was mad at my partner arguing via text she wasn't home and my mind's like you should go have sex with the neighbor You've never been with a guy. Go have sex with a neighbor. So I got out of the apartment, knocked on his door, and I was like, what are you doing? And I ran inside. I was like, what are you even going to say? I want to have sex with you? Like, that's that's how you start conversations. So I went in the apartment, and I felt so guilty, and I started crying. I'm like, this is not me. She gets home. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I almost just had sex with our neighbor. And she's like, what? I was like, I almost just had sex with our neighbor because I was so frustrated and so angry. I don't know what to do. And she was just very baffled. And she didn't talk to me for a little bit. And she's just like, this, this needs to be controlled. She's like, you're hurting me. And this needs to be controlled. You need to take your medication or I cannot be with you. Um, and in that moment, I'm like, wow, she's going to leave because I'm being myself, whatever, you know. I was so I was so careless. I didn't care. That's how that's how I was often on the medication. Um, so now are you on the medication all the time? Yes. So how did you get to that point where you're like, I have to be on this? Like, when did you, did like you tell yourself that? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Does that my question make sense? I yes. Guess? So okay. a couple weeks ago, um... I got home from a party and I was screaming at my partner, you're, you're a dick. You did this wrong to me. I'm so upset with you. And then my mind was like, you should jump out of a car right now. She doesn't love you. You should jump out of a car right now. And I was like, well, what's going to happen? Am I going to die? Am I, I'm like, what if I'm alive? I have to live with that embarrassment. And so I was like getting ready to jump out of a car. And then I was like, what are you doing? And I told my partner, I'm like, I was crying tears. And I'm like, I want to jump out of a car. I'm going to jump out of a car. They stop on the side of the road and they're like, okay, we are almost home. Do you want me to stop at a gas station? I'm like, no, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I was crying. And I was like, I do not know who I am. This is not me. I said, I don't know how to change. I don't know what to do. And they just listened to me cry and rant. And I was like, I, this I can't keep living like this. I'm either going to keep living like this and making myself miserable or I'm going to want to, I'm going to want to end my life. Um, and that night was a big realization, a big slap in my face. You need to take your medication and that you're not alone in this world. Other people suffer from bipolar and it's horrible. Um, 
So I talked to my doctor. I currently am on the, I think the highest dose, I'm on 100 milligrams. So I take two a day, one in the morning, one at night. Um, I definitely feel my mood. So if I'll miss a dose a day, I'm just, nobody talk to me or I'll cuss you out. The next day I take my medication, I'm like, let's go. Let's get the day started. I'm happy. Let's go. Um, I still do make a bit impulsive decisions. Um, when other people are drinking, I'm like, let me drink too. So I'll have a few cocktails and then my medicine makes it almost worse. It will, it will get me drunk fast and it will, um, make my vision worse. It will make me more confused and it will make me still do things I will not remember. Um, and I get to this point where I'm drunk and I'm like, I don't care, you know, but, um, uh, honestly, I've done that a couple of nights in a row lately, but this morning I was like, okay, that was that you see how you felt. That was not good at all. Every time I feel like stopping my pills, I'm like, do you remember when you were cussing everyone out and then you felt horrible and then you wanted to kill yourself? Uh, do you want to feel that every, every day? And I'm just like, no. So that definitely encourages me to take my medicine every day, even though it's such a hard, hard thing to do. It's so important to stay on your medication because bipolar makes you do such impulsive things. And when you get to a point that it's, you show it's ruining your life and others loved ones that you love, you can't take it back. You cannot take back those words you said. You cannot, in a sense to me, you cannot make it right. I'm still trying to prove to my partner that I really do love them. Um, and that I want to be with them. I think the most heartbreaking thing my partner said to me was, I think a month ago, they said, do you even love me? Um, I remember I told my partner, let's make love. And they're like, I don't want to, because I feel like you don't even love me and that it broke my heart. I don't want to cry. <laughs> it broke my heart because I tell them every day I love them and I try to express it the best I can. Their love language is um, t um, physical, physical affection. And I've grown up to the relationships I've been in where no touching me, no kissing me. And so it's very hard for me to show that affection, but um, I tried my best to hold their hand in public or, you know, hug them, tell them I love them, kiss them. And it just broke my heart when they said that. And so uh, it triggered something and I just was, I got into a depressive mode and I was upset. And we, that whole night we just talked about it and how it's affecting them. And that made me want to change. And we've been in the process where we've talked about having kids and I've realized I cannot be bipolar and like acting out if I have a child. What am I going to do when the baby wakes up and I want to go drink or when I want to go have sex with a random person? I'm not going to cheat on my partner while we have a baby or cheat on my partner, period. I've never, I've never cheated. I've gotten to the part where off my medication, I've had the thought, well, you should sleep with them. I've never gotten to the part where I'm like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I've never, ever 
have ever cheated. I will never. Those thoughts, yes, may overwhelm me, but I know I'm better than those thoughts. Everyone who is bipolar is better than those thoughts. They, they're so overwhelming, but trust me, you are better than those thoughts. You are better than, than bipolar. It's sadly in our society, there's a high, high risk of suicide, um, with people with bipolar, um, disease. It's very sad to see. And it's very sad talking to different people that have bipolar saying that, um, they think nobody cares and they think this reality, they're lost with reality and nothing matters anymore. I think the big, um, important thing to put out there for bipolar is it's very good, very good to take your medication. If you want to improve your life, take your medication, talk to a loved one about how you're feeling every day. You know, enjoy the small moments. That's what I've been doing. Um, my therapist um, told me some things. How are you feeling? Why are you feeling this way? And how are you going to act on it? So I got to take a trip and I, he's like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I'm excited. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be in the moment. I'm going to be excited. So I've been trying to every day just take in the small moments, you know, me and my partner go on a date. I'm going to enjoy the date instead of being like, oh, this is boring. I just want to go home and sleep and said like, oh, I'm, I'm going to ask them how they're doing today. How was their day? Um, what can we improve in our relationship? I love, I love talking to them a lot and I love hearing how they feel. And so I'm definitely a talker with them and with other people. I like, I like knowing how they feel. I like knowing what type of person they are. And so I, I'm just a very talkative person to them, even though they're like, Oh my God, go to bed. Um, but I love it so much. I love how they're feeling. And my partner checks in with me. Okay. You're taking your meds. How are you feeling today? So anything I can do with you, um, and with bipolar, you definitely need that support because being alone does not help at all. It does not, um, it, it makes it worse. You need that support system. Um, and if you don't, there's a lot of people that can help. Um, I've even looked up bipolar, um, suspect, I can't say that word cause I do not know English. Um, but there is bipolar, um, distinct, um, group therapies, where you can go and talk locally. You can just search it up anywhere where you are. And they have distinct um, therapy groups every week where um, people that are um, affected with bipolar disease, they go and talk um, about how they're feeling and then they meet the next week. I've thought about going. I see my therapist every week. I've made it a goal to see him every week. I have an alarm on my phone to take my medication morning and night. I... Um, I... Uh, I write in my journal one thing I'm grateful for, one thing I'm going to do today in my day to make it a good day. Um, while I'm at work, what am I going to do to improve that day? Or um, me and my partner love watching movies, and so um, that's one of our favorite things to do. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's watch a movie and cuddle. Let's talk about our day and then go watch a movie. Let's we love going on walks. We're like, okay, let's go for a walk. Let's go get our favorite food. It definitely is so important to 
think of those special moments because a lot of people are negative about bipolar. There's definitely different um, opinions about bipolar, and it's very sad. On social media, people will be like, well, bipolar people use drugs. They use alcohol. Not a lot of people use alcohol and drugs. Um, They're like, well, it's generational. It's always generational. It can be. Mine is generational. Um, And me and my um, mother had the same impulses hers was um sex as well um and everyone thinks as i said before um manic and depressive um symptoms and um moods are the same it's not the same everyone is different um and it's important to know um what your struggles are making sure you're not them in that environment that's going to trigger you making sure you talk to someone before you act out it's so important to realize it's it's going to take a lot, but you need to be willing to have that strength and to take the time to really just focus on yourself. It's okay to tell people, I'm not going to go out and drink. I need to I need to be alone. That's one of my triggers. I don't want to trigger myself. Um and even just talking with people, oh, I suffer with bipolar. For a while, I didn't want to talk about it um, because I got really a negative response. I've had um, before I got diagnosed, I've had people tell me, oh, you're bipolar, you're bipolar. And I'd get so angry. No, I'm not. When I told them I was diagnosed with bipolar, everyone's like, oh, I knew it. That made me very upset. Um, I don't know why it made me upset. It just it made me upset because I was trying to tell them how I felt when I got diagnosed. I. I don't, I don't know how I felt. It just, that day I was very sad. Um, my partner kept telling me we will get through this together. We will both get through this together. Um, it was just, it was a long day. It was a day where I was like, do I really want to go through this journey? Cause I know it's going to be hell or do I just, want to keep living in a constant state where I can't even control myself. And I thought about myself. I thought about my partner. I thought about our future. And I was like, okay, I need to take the step where I take care of myself. I get on medication. I'm talking to my therapist and I'm talking to my doctor about how I, how I feel, how bipolar is. Um, Do you think, I love that you have all these steps in place to have a good day, to be successful, mm-hmm. to recognize your feelings and stuff. So I have a couple questions for yeah. you. How do you think being honest with your doctor helped with your diagnosis and your healing? Like, I'm sure you had to be so vulnerable to say all the things that you were yes. experiencing mm-hmm. and feeling. How was that really hard? And how important do you think that was? So... It was very hard. At first, I was like, I shouldn't talk about how I feel. I'm fine. And my partner's like, she's been wanting to talk to you about something. And I was like, shoot. I was like, I just, I'll just get it out. And he was very responsive. He, if he was saying all the right things to me, he wasn't like, okay, I'll figure out. Well, how are they going to help you if they don't know everything, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's like, tell me everything, how you're feeling. And he just said all the right things. I appreciate mm-hmm. everything he said. Um, he he made it very well. He 
I love him to death. He just said all the right things. And in that moment, I was very vulnerable. But after what he told me, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, like he confirmed like, yeah, like something's going on. Yes. And I can help you. He validated my feelings. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you kind of already went through it. My next question was, how did you feel when you heard that diagnosis? Because you kind of said already, like, there's such a stigma behind it. You know, like mm-hmm. people are almost afraid of the diagnosis of bipolar because and we kind of talked about this at the very beginning it's such a spectrum almost of degrees of bipolar like very little to very high um and so getting that diagnosis you kind of mentioned like you didn't want to be labeled you didn't want to you don't want that sticker on your head you know what I mean yeah and so I know you kind of said your day was hard but what made you say Like, I got this. Was it your future you were looking at? You kind of wanted more control of your life, even though it's scary and hard. Like, what was your driving factor to, like, to fight it? Myself and my partner. I wanted better for myself. I didn't want that feeling anymore. Yeah. Of constant hopeless. Um, I love my partner to death. Um, They have helped me through so much. I don't know where I would be without them. They cheer me up on my darkest days. They they know what to do. They are an amazing cook, and food is where my heart is at. And so um, just them saying the right words afterwards and me thinking in the doctor's office, I can do this for myself, I can do this for my future, and I can do this for my partner. I don't want it to affect anyone. Do you think the reason you had such a good experience that time when you got the diet, not a good experience, but like you were able to like talk about your feelings and tell tell your doctor everything that was going on. Like a huge factor was because your partner was there supporting you. Yes. Yes. I think if I went alone, I wouldn't have said anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to be vulnerable to my doctor. Mm-hmm. So having a good support system yes. can be a huge factor in yes. this. If someone is fighting through this diagnosis or might think they have it, just understanding you need support and it's okay to open up to someone you can trust yes. and even have them come to the doctor with you and kind of like be your backbone and just say, yeah. Hey, like, it's all right. I'm here with you. Like, let's yeah. talk about it. Even you know, just being there, not saying anything, but just being just there. Just being there. Knowing that they're there is yeah. such a comfort and so helpful. Yeah. Um, you definitely you definitely need something. Yeah. Even though it's so hard and you get very stubborn. Yeah. You you need someone to always be there. So besides having a really good support system, what other kind of advice would you give somebody that maybe has been thinking, gosh, am I bipolar? I have all these, you know, really highs, really lows. I feel manic when I do this or that. Um, Maybe they're looking for a diagnosis or someone that has had the diagnosis. What kind of advice would you give those people? Do not go on Google. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did. And it's like, Web MND, oh my word, you guys are the worst because every time I look up something, they're like, you have two days to live. Right. Um, and with bipolar, it's just looking it up is very overwhelming. Yeah. This um just it's just so crazy. When you look it up, it's like, oh, this and this and this. Everyone has different um everyone has different symptoms. Yeah. 
I wouldn't go straight into the um if you're thinking you're bipolar, oh my goodness, I'm bipolar. This is insane. Um I'm crazy. You're not crazy. You're someone who is struggling with their mood. You're having mood swings. Um and it's okay. It's okay to have those feelings. Um just just believe in yourself. Be confident. You have to come to a realization, okay, I need help. How am I going to get help? Step one, talk to someone I love. Talk to someone you trust. Talk to your doctor. How can I How can I help myself? And how can I help the others around me? I'm done feeling this way and I need help. It's almost like when people say addicts of, of everything, they need to admit to themselves that they need help. With bipolar, I feel like that's almost the same way. You need to come to a conclusion. Um, this is what I want. This is the help I want because bipolar definitely makes you believe a certain way that you're totally fine and okay. I think step one is to realize that you need help and that you truly want to work for it. Um, and then discussing with a therapist. Um, if you don't have a therapist, I would definitely look into that. Um, someone that you're comfortable with and then talking to your doctor about um, the different medications they have. Um, Lamictal that, that I am currently on, it definitely, it doesn't work for everyone. Um, a lot of people get really bad allergic reactions. I was thankful and grateful enough to not be one of those people. Um, and so I was able to um, get on that medication. It is also um, what might trigger some people that have bipolar um, or figure out bipolar. Um, the medications are um, anti-psychotic um, medications. That did trigger me thinking, oh, I'm crazy, I'm psychotic. It does not mean that you are psychotic or crazy. It is trying to balance those emotions out and to make your life easier. Yeah, You're not crazy. You're not dumb. You're you're just a person trying to figure out life. Everyone's yeah. trying to figure it out day by day. And yes, you may be struggling harder than other people, but that doesn't make you, Yeah, it doesn't make you any different. I feel like we can all have an imbalance somewhere. Yeah. And just because your imbalance might be, like you said, with mood swings or, mm -hmm. or with bipolar, that's okay. You know, there's yes. a fix for it. Let's fix it. My partner always tells me when I get so down on myself and I always say, um, I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm struggling through this. They always say, do not hate yourself. You have a chemical imbalance in yeah. your brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every totally. time you have a um, a chemical imbalance in your brain. Yeah. And it, she, she, um, my partner is a woman. She always explains to me, you have a chemical imbalance. I think that is definitely a key. Instead of thinking you are crazy, a lot of people are struggling, people that you do not know. Yeah. It's not just a you you problem. Everyone is struggling as well. You um you definitely need to realize that. Um you also need to be gentle with yourself when you feel like you do have bipolar or you have mood swings because you can definitely get erratic and think that you're a mistake that you shouldn't be here. Um, that's definitely important. And also I think somebody that is struggling with a mental illness that has contemplated suicide or has attempted suicide, I think you guys all just need to know you are so loved and needed. And if you ever feel yourself in that space, reach out, reach yes. out to somebody, 
send us a message. We'll talk to you like mm-hmm. anybody. I just, I hate knowing that people can get into that dark place and feel so alone and how alone it must feel. I mean, I've been depressed. I've felt the feels before. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody wants to feel that way. No one should feel that way. So please reach out to somebody. Yes. Um, there's even hotlines you can yes. call that are fantastic. Mm-hmm. See a doctor, make an appointment for a therapist appointment. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to kind uh-huh. of wiggle your way out of the dark space. Yeah. And uh, as you were talking, like, I just can't get this out of my head. So I'm going to like ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, so like medication's there for a reason, right? Like, yes, y- yes it's there for a reason. And so when you were telling yourself, like, I'm okay, I'm not going to take the medication. Do you feel like it was like the grief process for you? You're grieving what you wish you didn't have a chemical imbalance in your head, like in your brain, right? Like you're that grief of like, no, I should be okay. I'm not taking that medication type of a thing. But then you get to the realization, like that's there to help me type of a thing. I don't know. Did you feel that way at all or? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I have a, even today I have the thoughts of, wow, I wish I was different. Mm -hmm. It almost, I tell my partner this, it almost makes me so sick that, that I have to be on a medication to, in order to live. I, I always say that it's so bad, but I say, God, I wish, I wish I would be able to not be on medication and be able to be happy and not not deal with this because it's so hard. It's seriously, anyone who's struggling, it is so hard. And I understand that, but you, you're an amazing person. If you have to be on medication, you have to be on medication and that's fine. If you have to be on medication in order to live. Well, and it's like having a different kind of disease. Like if Bane Mm -hmm. was still alive, he would be on medication to live. Right. And it's different. It's his, his body wasn't working correctly. I was going to say that too. I don't have bipolar, but I'm on six medications a day right now for Mm -hmm. everything I have going on. And I have those same feelings. Like I do not want to wake up and take this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to fill these stupid prescriptions. Like it's, it is hard and it's draining and it's like, why? I just want to be normal. I don't want to, I just want to take a vitamin every day. You know what I mean? So I hope, you know, you're not alone. You're not the only one that's so dependent. Like Kelsey said on a medication to live and to feel normal and happy. And I think a lot of it is just like our, we're all a product of our environment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe back in the day they weren't needing medication because they ate cleaner and they, you know what I mean? You (laughs) know, but it's just kind of life and Mm -hmm. we're all figuring it out and none of us are perfect. And heck, if you have to take one pill in the morning and one at night, girl, you're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Two actually. You and um, Lamictal. Yeah. So I think you would be surprised if you really said like, Hey, how many, how many prescriptions you got to anyone, (laughs) you know, like, yes, it is what it is. And you know, it just, sometimes we can't, change that which sucks Mm -hmm. but just know you're not alone for sure yeah um i would also recommend um not drinking alcohol alcohol affects you badly it makes your moods even with your on medication or without 
it gets you back into that bipolar. Okay. It gets you back. Yes. So drugs and alcohol, even marijuana, um, definitely affects you. That's good to know. Even if you're on your medication. I, this week I was like, Oh, it's not, it's not. And my partner was like, yes, it is. Your doctor told you. And I was like, whatever. And I definitely see my mood today. You know, today's a good day. Um, but I do hear those thoughts in my head, you know, Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you know, erratic, erratic thoughts. Um, so it's definitely good to, um, not drink, not do drugs and, um, almost form a routine with your life. Yeah. Getting, getting up, taking your medication, eating breakfast, reading, do something that you enjoy. Um, just doing those day-to-day things can help so much and get you back yeah. into the I'm alive. Yeah. I need to enjoy my life. Because your brain needs that regularity. Yes. That everyone, no yeah. matter if you're bipolar or not, totally. everyone yeah. needs yes. that routine. It's good to have a routine. It's so yeah. important in life. And I love that you said you journal something positive, mm-hmm. something you're going to accomplish that day. Like the power of positive thoughts is incredible. So good. And if you can manipulate your mind into being in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it's just life changing. Yes. Yeah. I I totally believe in that, the power of being positive. So mm-hmm. wow, what a story. I'm so <laughs> glad you came and shared Thank with us you. and just kind of like opened up about being bipolar mm-hmm. because it's scary, you yes. know. It's hard to like kind of put yourself out there and say, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I'm really proud of you. Thank yes. you. And I think Thank you, you did a great job. Yeah. I totally agree. Yes. So thank Thank you for being here. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to leave us a rate and review wherever you are listening. You can also email us at makinglemonadepodcast1 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at makinglemonade.podcast or Facebook at Making Lemonade with Wit and Kills. You can also find out more about my foundation, Bane's Legacy, at Facebook and Instagram at Bane's Legacy and www.baneslegacy.com. And you can find out more about my foundation. You can find us on social media at Tay Tough and our website is taytaytough.org. <laughs>